your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 742 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of last night's uh, 5-3 home win against the Carolina Hurricanes. This has to be up there as far as, you know, best wins of the season is concerned. Uh, Rangers trailed by one goal three different times in this game, trailed by a goal going into the third period. They were down 3-2, came storming back, uh, got up 4-3, to three, and then added an empty netter to win this game 5-3. to three. And, you know, very impressive to see them rally the way they did, play as strong as they did in the third period, which, of course, was a staple of this team last season when they had so much success and is beginning to become a staple again this season. Uh, so it's nice to see them continue that trend. And just considering what the Rangers were up against, I think that's another thing that kind of makes this a candidate for best win of the season. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes were on fire, to say the least, coming into this game. They had won 11 straight games coming into this matchup with the Rangers. Uh, they also had at least one point in 17 consecutive games prior to this one. And another stat for the Canes, and this one's actually going to remain intact, but I, I think it still um, is worth mentioning because it makes the Ranger win all the more impressive. Uh, the Hurricanes 14-0-6 in one-goal games this season, which does not even seem possible, but uh, it appears to be a fact. Carolina Hurricanes undefeated in regulation in their 21-goal games. And that stat actually remains intact for them uh, thanks to the empty netter by Philip Hedo. But nevertheless, obviously, the Canes are very, very good in tight, competitive, down-to-the-wire games. And yet the Rangers got the better of them here and uh, dealt them a loss and a loss uh, for the Hurricanes that saw the Rangers rally in the third period. But just an awesome third period by the Rangers. We're going to spend some time talking about that. Also going to identify an area where the Rangers, I thought, struggled in this game. Uh, also going to talk about the decision from Gerard Gallant. You know, there's times, I swear, he just can't help himself. He has to do something to the line combinations. And uh, in the third period in this game, he flip-flopped Philip Heedle and Barclay Goodrow. So we'll talk about uh, that decision. And also going to... Uh, basically just call for the top line to remain intact. I want to continue to see Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Capo Caco round out that top line uh, every single night for the foreseeable future and possibly for the, the rest of the entire season and hopefully the playoffs as well. Um, but I think uh, we will get to the third period here. As, as far as the line combinations, it's basically what the Rangers have been going with. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski was a healthy stretch for the second straight game. He had a fourth line of Goodrow centering Blay and Gautier. And uh, Ben Harper continues to remain in the lineup for the Rangers as the sixth defenseman. Nine straight games for Ben Harper. Uh, he seems to be certainly tightening his grip on uh, the sixth defenseman job. And other than that, yeah, I mean, the lineup was pretty much what they've been going with and what you would expect. But I do want to talk about this third period here because one of the best periods that the Rangers have played all season. So as I mentioned, down by a goal, down three to two, going into the third period. And you know, before we get into, uh, you know, all the details as far as what happened in the third period here, I just have to say that, you know, going into the third period now, it's night and day right now 
where they are right now compared to where they were earlier this season. Earlier this season, they were giving up multiple goal leads. They were at their worst in the third period, which was such a far cry from what we saw last season when they were always at their best. And they have done a complete 180. Rangers going to the third period, at least for me, and I'm sure for a lot of you guys as well, there's a confident feeling. There's a feeling that, okay, the Rangers are going to be at their absolute best. Even if they played well in the first two periods, it feels like they're going to go to a whole new level in the third period and just find a way to get it done. And, you know, that's not going to happen every single night, but there's obviously, you know, a reason to feel good now when you see what this team has done in the third period uh, during this uh, recent hot streak that the Rangers are on. So just first and foremost, Forget about all the details and line combinations and this goal and that goal and everything that happened. Uh, there's just like a good, confident feeling going into the third period right now, and that obviously is, is a fun way to watch these games. You're not waiting for disaster. You're waiting for the Rangers to excel and find a way to get the job done. They came out flying in the third period, and they scored fairly early in the third to tie the game. Artemi Panarin, I mean, he's just been awesome lately. He just looks so dangerous every time he has the puck. A uh, couple of uh, recent games, he's had some really good, uh, you know, rushes through the neutral zone where, you know, he just explodes in the attacking zone and uh, just looks dangerous. Looks like he might score or might set somebody up with an easy tapping goal. Panarin looks like Panarin uh, in, in recent times for the Rangers for sure. And what a goal here. Um, you know, he's got the puck. Rangers are cycling the puck a little bit in the offensive zone. But Panarin basically just did like a gigantic half circle around the entire attacking zone. He was behind the net. He goes around the boards. He goes toward the center of the ice, and he just uh, lets it fly from the center of the ice at the blue line, and he scores, uh, goes through the five hole, and ties the game early for the Rangers at 3-3, three to three, just kind of setting the stage for everything that was about to happen in the third period. And the Rangers, finally, after scoring a goal here to tie it, they had a good couple of shifts after this as well. Uh, they did not do that earlier in the game, and that's something that I'm going to talk about later in today's episode as far as, uh, you know, a negative from this game. I didn't think the Rangers were good in the shifts uh, following a goal, but they were here. And again, it goes back to what I was just talking about. The Rangers being at their best in the third period, being focused in crunch time, and just finding a way to get the job done. And again, better response here to their own game-tying goal than what we saw earlier in the game when they tied the score at 1-1 and when they tied the score at 2-2 because they gave it right back in, in both instances. But we will get to that. Um do you want to talk about uh, the rest of the third period here and uh, Keandre Miller scoring what turned out to be the game-winning goal? So once again, the Rangers in on the attack, cycling the puck, working hard to maintain possession. You got Mika uh, taking a shot from the blue line, and it is deflected by Keandre Miller and into the net. That gives the Rangers their first lead at 4-3. to three. And this has happened about midway through the third period. So playing from behind or at the very least tied for most of the night and then finally taking... Uh, the lead halfway through the third period and coming away with a win. Just just clutch stuff from the New York Rangers. But, you know, you had Capo Caco carrying the puck on this play, shielding it from a couple of defenders. He then passes back to Mika Zibanejad at the blue line. Uh, Mika shoots, and Miller tips it in. So awesome to see the Rangers finally take the lead. And I wrote into my notes at that point, need another strong shift following a goal here. Because like I said, that was an issue at times earlier in this game, but it was not an issue here. Rangers continue to play well uh, down the stretch, defended really well, uh, got a couple of scoring chances, had a, a couple opportunities to possibly build on their lead. Uh, we're not able to do so, at least until the net was pulled, but uh, just, just really good stuff from the Rangers in the third period here, and a really nice job playing with the lead uh, once they finally had it, like I said, midway through the third period. But yeah, a couple of chances, uh, you know, down the stretch for the Rangers. He crafts off making a couple of moves to the net. Uh, the save was made, but the Canes 
shot the puck out of play. You know, they were kind of panicked because they were back on their heels there. So good on Kravtsov, who I thought had a pretty strong game despite no points, um, you know, forcing the Canes into a penalty there. And, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers weren't able to take advantage on the power play, but a couple of more opportunities, a couple of nice saves, um, you know, by the by the Hurricanes to keep them in the game, just one goal down. Um, but then Carolina actually got a power play, still trailing by one in the third period. And I thought this was Igor's best save of the night. Just a great uh, point blank save against Jarvis. Jarvis had the puck in front of the Ranger net right there in the crease. And Igor fights it off, steers it aside. And uh, the Rangers, um, you know, maintain their one goal lead and they clear. That was at the tail end of a Carolina power play. And so uh, obviously a big time clutch save by Igor Shosturkin in that instance. Rangers actually got another power play with 2.45 left. There was kind of a strange play where Martinuk, it seemed like he didn't realize that his stick was broken and he tried to play the puck and they called him for it. And so the Rangers get on the power play with 2.45 left. So Canes are going to be a man down trying to get the equalizer for most of the remainder of this game. And they eventually do pull their goalie. But obviously, that only gets them back to five on five, and the Rangers score an empty net goal. Uh, Philip Heal coming through there. You've got Truba at the blue line. He passes across the ice to Miller. A couple of Hurricanes went to Miller. You know, they're trying to protect against the empty net. Miller was very patient, moved toward the net a little bit, kind of drew some of the Canes toward him, and then passed back across the ice uh, to Philip Heedle. Heedle's got a wide open net, and he does not miss, and uh, that puts the Rangers up by two goals with about a minute to go and, and sent them on their way to a victory here. But um, yeah, we're just getting started here. I want to definitely kick off today's episode by discussing the third period because it was just awesome for the Rangers uh, coming through uh, with a, a clutch 20 minutes there and uh, finding a way to get this win against a team that was absolutely on fire uh, coming into this contest. Uh, going to talk about some other things, including something, uh, an area where the Rangers struggled uh, at times in this game. Also going to uh, talk about the decision to flip-flop Heedle and Goudreau bunch of other stuff as well. We will get to all that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and hockey. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So as this game was progressing, there were two things that, you know, were kind of negatives for the Rangers in this game that I wanted to talk about, and I decided to basically just combine them essentially into one segment here because they kind of went hand in hand. Uh, one was the inability to clear the zone. This was really a problem for the Rangers early in this game. Uh, the other was a couple of lackluster shifts that immediately followed a goal. And like I said, we might as well combine them. They kind of went hand in hand in this game. And we'll start with the two Carolina goals that immediately followed Ranger goals. And what I'm going to do here is uh, talk about the Rangers game time goals, the goals that made it 1-1 and the goal that made it 2-2, uh, two two, but then also talk about what happened immediately after that. So uh, you got the Rangers on the power play and uh, it, it's 1-1 one one at this point. 
and they end up scoring a goal. You've got Panarin to Trocek to Mika to Kreider. Uh, almost scored there. A couple of really great passes. Second unit came on, and you get a shot from the blue line from Jacob Truba. Uh, he scores. I thought, uh, you know, Philip Heedle did a really nice job getting to the puck in the corner, working it back to Truba. Truba shot and scored from the blue line. Lafreniere was in front, but he didn't touch it. Good that he was in position, though, and uh, perhaps uh, distracting the goalie a little bit. But then the Rangers, um, they really had a rough shift after this, and they gave back the lead um, just 16 goals after Truba had tied it here. And this is something that, coming out of the holiday break, I think has been a little bit of an issue. I think there's been times, even before this game, where the Rangers have not been at their best in a shift that immediately followed a goal. And up to this point, it hadn't really burned them. But yeah, just too many lackluster shifts immediately following a goal. And that's something that comes up for this team every so often. And uh, they finally got burnt by it twice in this game. Uh, but yeah, just 16 seconds after the Rangers tie it, the Rangers are unable to clear the zone. Uh, a couple of crisp passes from the Canes and Nietzsche scores from the left circle. So a uh, lackluster shift following a goal and the inability to cover the zone, once again, kind of going hand in hand here. But then same thing happened a little bit later in the game. Uh, the Rangers once again tie the score, this time at 2-2, two to two, and the Canes take the lead just 29 seconds later. This cannot happen twice in the same game. I mean, it's going to happen once in a while over an 82-game season. Cannot happen twice in the same game, though. Um, but basically, you've got Panarin. He explodes up the ice. Uh, Burns takes a holding penalty. And then uh, the Rangers are able to capitalize on the man advantage. The Rangers actually scored three power play goals in this game. They went three for five on the night while holding the Hurricanes to 0 for three. But you've got uh, kind of a weird goal here. Uh, Panarin goes up the center of the ice on the rush over to Kreider, who's along the boards. Kreider passes in front to Mika Zibanejad. Mika's heading toward the net, and he tries to pass it ahead to Trocek. Trocek didn't actually touch it, but... It went right through the goalie, right through the five hole, and Mika gets credit for the goal. It's kind of a changeup and just kind of threw off the goalie a little bit, I suppose. So that ties it at two to two. But then seconds later, once again, Rangers unable to clear the puck out of the zone. And then Chatfield just plays the puck toward the net. Uh, Heedle deflected it and it went in. And uh, that made the score three to two in favor of Carolina. So like I said, you just cannot have something like this happen twice in the same game where you work really hard. You find a way to tie the score, and then you give it back, you know, 16 seconds later, 29 seconds later, whatever it might be. But uh, it did happen, and the good news is that the Rangers, despite that, found a way to win this game, uh, as we already discussed. But uh, yeah, got to be a little bit sharper in the shift that immediately follows a goal. And there were some other instances in this game as well where I thought the Rangers just uh, were not able to clear the puck in situations where you would hope that they would be able to. And on one hand, you do have to credit Carolina. I mean, they're a great team. They're making things happen. They're applying all kinds of pressure. They're playing very aggressively, and they'd won 11 in a row. So I would imagine you know, this kind of aggressive play and just kind of forcing the issue, forcing teams into mistakes, it's probably been a big part of uh, the lengthy winning streak that they had, at least up until last night. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously, Carolina, they're very aggressive on the forecheck. They got on you in a hurry. And, you know, there were times where it, it felt like the Rangers, they were almost like moving backward in their own zone when they should have been trying to get the puck out and, and instances where they should have been able to clear and they just were not able to do so. Um, you know, second period, good example of that was early in the second period, the Rangers got the puck to the blue line, but they just couldn't get it out of the zone. The Canes kept it in, kept the play alive. They got the puck in front of the Ranger net, a little bit of a scramble there, and Trojak ends up taking a cross-checking penalty. So the inability to clear the zone in that instance uh, led to a power play opportunity for the Hurricanes. Rangers were 
um, you know, able to clear it off, clear, or kill it off, rather. But, um, you know, obviously, just an area where the Rangers need to be a, a little bit better uh, going forward. But we're going to continue talking about everything from this game in just a second. want to get into the decision um, to flip-flop Heedle and Goudreau, and also uh, make a plea to leave the lines intact, but especially the top line, and especially Capo Caco continuing to play with Mika and Kreider. And we will get to all that good stuff in just a second. All right, so I want to go ahead and talk about the decision by the Rangers to flip-flop Philip Heedle and Barclay Goodrow in this game. This seemed to be a result of the Canes goal that saw, uh, you know, a, a shot go in off the stick of Philip Heedle. And, you know, it, it was kind of just a bad break for Heedle. He's trying to break up a scoring opportunity, but unfortunately what he did was he extended his stick, deflected the puck, and knocked it into the Rangers' own net. There were some strange goals scored both ways in this game, and this was certainly one of them. And when this first happened, when I saw Goodrow out there uh, taking an offensive zone faceoff along with Lafreniere and Vizi, I thought this was just because, you know, it was late in the game, I believe it was tied at this point, and I thought that they just wanted Goodrow on the ice because he would have a better chance of winning a critical faceoff than Filipito would. But this seemed to be uh, what the Rangers did down the stretch in this game. They seemed to stick uh, with these line combinations with Goudreau on the third line, Heedle on the fourth line. And I really don't think that, uh, you know, the punishment fit the crime here. I, I don't think that Heedle really deserved to be promoted. Like I said, I mean, it was unfortunate what happened. You know, he was kind of responsible for a Kane's goal, but he was trying to break up the play. And it's not like he had been playing, you know, terrible, lackluster hockey all night. He was responsible for one of the Rangers' earlier goals. He ends up adding an empty netter uh, a little bit later. So, you know, it'd be one thing if he just had a really lackluster game and that was kind of just the straw that broke the camel's back and Gallant decided to make the change. Um, but that didn't really appear to be the case. The, the reason for Heedle dropping to the fourth line and Goodrow moving up to the third line seemed to be, and I can't speak for Gallant, but it seemed to be uh, all related to just this one play where the stick went off of, or the shot went off of Filipito's stick and went into the net. So uh, that was unfortunate. I would imagine that the Rangers, though, in the next game will go back to the way that they started this game in terms of the line combinations. I don't think you're going to see Philip Hedl, uh centering the fourth line with Blay and Gauthier. I think he'll be back up there with the third line. Barkley Goudreau will drop back down to the fourth line. So I didn't agree with the, uh, you know, the line changes there, the, the swapping of uh, Hedl and Goudreau. I, I suppose with Goudreau, though, another example of, you know, him being able to step into any role, play any position on any line, and, uh, you know, do it well. But like I said, I would imagine that Philip Hedl will be back in the third line. He's played well this season. He doesn't deserve to be, you know, permanently demoted to the fourth line uh, just because of one miscue. I don't think he should have been demoted to the fourth line at all, even in the short term in this game. But the Rangers did it. It is what it is. And uh, hopefully, like I said, Hedl will be back on the third line uh, going forward in the next game. But this kind of leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is basically just uh, an open plea here for the Rangers to leave the line combinations the way they are. And it's not even so much that, you know, I think that these are 100% set in stone, the best possible line combinations that you could possibly come up with. And maybe they are, maybe they're not. But for me, the bigger thing here is I just want to see some continuity. And I especially want to see continuity when the Rangers are basically on fire, you know, which they have been starting before uh, the Christmas break when they won eight out of nine games going into uh, the holiday break. And then, you know, they, they lost two games coming out of the break, but they've won two since then. They've been scoring a lot of goals. Just keep it the same. And especially keep the top line together. Keep Capo Caco 
with Mika Zibanejad and with Chris Kreider. This is the best hockey that Capo Caco has played since coming into the NHL. I do not want to mess with that. He seems to have gelled rather seamlessly with both Mika and Kreider. I think Mika and Kreider themselves are playing better hockey than they've played all season as line mates, and Capo Caco has to be at least part of the reason for that. You know, Mika and Kreider, even when they were on the top line together, you had Jimmy Vesey there for a little while. Uh, it seemed like the line combinations were never the same. We even saw Simi Blay on the top line in the preseason, which is pretty crazy to think about. I mean, you know, it's the preseason, so try a couple different things, see what works. I get it, but uh, Sammy Blay was there. Capo Caco, just a little bit of an upgrade on Sammy Blay uh, for the top line right wing spot, wouldn't you say? I think we can probably all agree with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just no reason to break up this line. They've been on fire lately. Um, you know, Caco had an assist in this game. He actually could have had two assists, but they ended up changing the scoring of one of the Rangers' earlier goals, so he ends up with just one. Uh, but Mika Zibanejad's been on fire. He ends up with a goal and an assist in this game. And Capo Caco, in his last 12 games, has scored five goals and dished out five assists. And he's done most of that, or at least a good chunk of that, while playing with Mika and with Kreider. He did some of it on the kid line as well when they were uh, reunited for a spell there. But uh, Caco's feeling it. And this just looks like a, a well-oiled machine, this Ranger top line right now. Just looks like a much more confident player. And as I tweeted out last night, just leave them together. If it ain't broke, don't set it on fire. You know what I mean? Uh, it's obviously clicking and uh, Capo Caco making strides and uh, looking like he's about to become the player that the Rangers thought that they were drafting. So let, let's just keep it rolling. Uh, Caco, you know, his play behind the net, I think has been exceptional recently. You can tell defenders... They're having a tough time with Capo Caco right now. Nobody really seems to know what to do, how to approach him. Uh, you know, if they try to chase him behind the net, then he'll make a nice pass out in front and find either Mika or Kreider for a goal. Uh, there's instances where, you know, Caco, just much assert more assertive player than we saw him act as when he first came into the league. And, you know, he'll maintain possession in the offensive zone for a long time. Defenders will be chasing him all over the ice. Nobody really has an answer for Capo Caco right now as far as the other team is concerned. And I think something that uh, really stands out more than anything, I don't know about you guys, right now when Capo Caco is on the ice and when he's got the puck on his stick, I feel good. I feel like something good is about to happen. He's going to, once again, either drive possession in the offensive zone or... You know, he's going to make a really nice pass. He, he's been scoring some goals recently, some even strength goals. Um, so he, he's just been awesome. You know, he, he's played very well recently. He earned some praise from Gerard Gallant recently. So again, you have to keep this line together going forward. Um, it, it's just the way that it has to be right now. The, these three have clicked. And uh, when you're getting this much out of Capo Caco, who uh, has had an inconsistent start to his career, to say the least, uh, I think you owe it to your team to stick with this and you know get him to that next level because he is playing, uh, like I said, the best hockey that he's played since coming into this league, and his confidence seems to be uh, at an all-time high, at least since, once again, he joined uh, the New York Rangers. So a couple other things I wanted to talk about here. Uh, good physicality in this game from the Rangers. Two players that really stood out to me in that department were Ben Harper and Jacob Truba. Uh, Harper was really hitting in this game. He had a big-time hit on Jesper Faust. Knocked him into the boards in the neutral zone in the second period. And Harper right now, I mean, he's the Rangers' sixth defenseman. I don't think there can be any debate. He's played nine straight games for this team, and he's taken advantage of the opportunity. And those opportunities early in the season were going to Zach Jones and Libor Hayek. Mixed results from both players at best. And I think Ben Harper has outplayed both of them. There, there's nothing all that flashy, but he's a tough, physical, stay-at-home defenseman. 
and he's just done a nice job uh, for the Rangers thus far and has seemingly earned the trust of the coaching staff. And we'll see if the Rangers look to make a move at the deadline and add another defenseman. They, they very well could, but for the time being, I don't think there's any debate. I don't think there's any uh, question about it. Ben Harper uh, needs to be in this lineup. I realize there's more exciting options. You know, Matthew Robertson with the Hartford Wolfpack. And, you know, maybe some people want to see Zach Jones get another chance eventually as well. But right now, facts are facts. Ben Harper um, has played better than both Hayek played in his opportunities and Zach Jones played in his opportunities early in the season. So uh, Harper's going to be the guy going forward, it would seem, at least until maybe the Rangers make a deal at the deadline. We'll, we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. Uh, Jacob Truba had a big hit on Svechnikov in the neutral zone. And I saw somebody on Twitter like claiming that it was a dirty hit. Truba at times will toe the line, and he's had a couple of questionable hits in the past. There was nothing even in the same like realm of anything possibly being considered a dirty hit here. That was kind of a weird way to word it, but you get what I'm saying. This was not even close to being a dirty hit. Uh, did not target the head or anything like that. Svechnikov actually looked like he left his feet here. And Svechnikov... Uh, a little bit earlier in this game, was cross-checking both Ranger defensemen to the ice while he was in the crease, so uh, that wasn't called. Really kind of a weird night for the refs, too. They were they were calling certain things tight, and then uh, they let that go, but uh, this was as clean of a hit as you'll ever see, and uh, Truba, you know, throwing his weight around and uh, playing the old-school brand of hockey uh, that we like to see, but this is a physical game. The physicality kind of picked up as it went, and uh, the last thing I wanted to do pretty much, was just kind of give a shout-out to Igor Shesterkin. Thought he was very, very good in this game. Uh, stopped 20 of 23 shots. He made a really clutch save when the Rangers finally took the lead to go up 4-3. to three. Uh, The Canes had a power play opportunity fairly late in this game. Uh, excellent point-blank uh, opportunity for Jarvis. We actually talked about this a little bit when we were discussing uh, the third period by the Rangers, but uh, Igor with a point-blank save there. And, you know, he's not posting the same, you know, video game otherworldly numbers that he did last year is Igor Shesterkin, but, you know, I'll still take him over pretty much any goalie, probably any goalie in this league in a big game. I still think when the season is all said and done, Igor's going to be up there as far as the stats are concerned, and it seems like he really has come up with some clutch saves this year. You know, he doesn't have the same otherworldly goals against average and save percentage that he did last year, but he's making big-time saves in big-time spots, and he did that here to keep the Rangers in front. I mean, if the Kings tie that game there, who knows what happens? Maybe it ends up going into overtime. Obviously, the Rangers have not really been that great in overtime, and, uh, you know, even if the Rangers win in overtime, you know, the Canes still get a point out of that. The Canes are one of the teams that the Rangers are competing with. So a uh, big time save and a big time spot for Igor Shesterkin. And then to just kind of, uh, you know, wrap up with a couple of just sort of random thoughts here. Uh, Madison Square Garden was absolutely rocking for this game. You know, they, they were really into it. I, I thought the, the fans really showed up for this one. Uh, they seemed to know what the Rangers were up against, going up against this team that they battled in the playoffs last year, going up against a team that had won 11 straight games, and uh, just kind of doing everything they could to try to will the Rangers onto a win. And it was just nice to see an arena with a pulse because the Rangers' last two games before this were at Tampa and then at Florida. And I thought those were the two quietest games that the Rangers have played all season in terms of just fan engagement. Uh, both of those fan bases just seem to be sitting on their hands all night. I don't know what that was all about, but just very, very quiet. So it was nice to just see, you know, an atmosphere that was befitting of an NHL game, especially one where you've got, you know, two really good, you know, elite teams in this league, you know, battling for 60 minutes. This is a heck of a hockey game. And I, I thought the fans uh, were really into it. And, uh, you know, hopefully... 
Uh, I like to think spurred the Rangers on to this win, at least a little bit, as much as the fans can uh, possibly affect a game. Uh, I think they certainly did here. They were rocking all night. Just a, a really fun atmosphere and, uh, once again, befitting of, uh, you know, two elite teams battling in, in you know, a, a really competitive game like this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I figured we could pretty much call it there for today. The one other thing I wanted to mention, really fast-paced, really intense game, uh, but not really a ton of extracurriculars here, which kind of surprised me a little bit, given the fact that, you know, division rival game, uh, they went seven games last year in the playoffs, um, but, you know, not the worst thing either. You know, obviously, the the Rangers and Kane just let their play settle this. Wasn't really about, you know, cheap shots or anything like that, um, so that was good as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, just an awesome win for the Rangers and just the kind of win that uh, just makes you look forward to the next one. The Rangers are going to be playing Montreal in their next game on Thursday. And, uh, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that the Rangers can uh, come up with a really nice encore. So uh, great win. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars, leading up to the NHL draft. Locked on NHL prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.